0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, TikTok goes the clock.
1: Can I at least finish this first? You finish it in the car. Jesus, are we not on time?
0: There's no such thing as on time. You're either early or you're late. And where you're going, we're gonna be early.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to Decoding TV, a podcast about television. I'm David Chen, and joining me today, she is a writer whose work has appeared at Pajiba as well as decider. She's currently the deputy editor of Laney Gossip, Sarah Morris. Welcome back to Decoding TV.
0: Hi, how are you?
1: Good. We're gonna be covering Justified Together, but I just wanted to reintroduce folks in case they didn't listen to our very uh thorough justified preview last episode. But yeah, so thrilled that Sarah is here uh, on Decoding TV to chat about Justified City Primeval. You can find more episodes of this podcast at podcast.decodingtv.com and email us at decodingtv at gmail.com. Find us on TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at Decoding TV. And of course, if you want to support the podcast, get ad-free episodes and early access, sign up to become a paid member at decodingtv.com. On today's episode of the podcast, we are going to be discussing uh, Justified City Primeval, episodes one and two. Uh, And we're going to start by sharing our overall thoughts on those episodes, uh, and then we're going to move on into a detailed, uh, spoilery, recap discussion of the episodes. So uh, Justified City Primeval, episode one, entitled, I believe, City Primeval, very creatively, and episode two, The Oklahoma Wildman. Uh, So those are the two episodes we'll be discussing today. So all that said, Sarah Mars, uh, we just watched this today i think (laughs) we just watched it this morning um so we're pretty fresh coming off of this uh and here to bring you our thoughts on it so you know from the preview episode you were super psyched about the show coming back we've now seen two out of the eight episodes uh and we will be covering them weekly here on decoding tv what did you think of the first two episodes did it live up to your expectations i'm so curious
0: um yes i think it's like probably 95% at my expectations. That's um, really good. That sounds really so good. there's room for the remaining episodes to take that to a hundred or totally crash and burn. <laughs> um, I, one thing that really leaped out, like, well, two things right away is the way that Timothy Oliphant is portraying Raylan Givens 15 years from the finale of justified, which it hasn't been in real time, but the show is leaping ahead 15 years. Um, you can tell this is a little bit of an older, wiser Raylan. Like he's still up to some of his old tricks. He still loves putting fugitives in trunks. Um, but he is a little less hasty. He gets through two whole episodes. When I was recapping the original series, I used to keep track of how many people he shot in an episode. Um, he got through two whole episodes without shooting anybody. He did throw some punches, but nobody got shot. Um, And so you do see there's growth. It's not like he's just recreating what he was doing before. He really is bringing something new to the character with this time jump. So that's great. Um, Also, it just looks so much more expensive than the original series, which never looked terrible. Um, Some episodes looked better than others, but it never really looked awful or anything. It just looked like a pretty standard, basic cable show. At this, two episodes in, I was like, this looks way more cinematic. They obviously have more money. I think filming on location, like they're not in Detroit. Chicago is standing in for Detroit. But that is an easier pass off. No offense, Detroit. I know they weren't like super thrilled (laughs) because there's a little bit of a cross lake rivalry. But trying to pass off Southern California for Kentucky never really worked. Um, They did their best. They tried. (laughs) But it was always kind of like, they're definitely in Southern California. Um, Here, it it looks a lot more like the urban landscape. They filmed a lot on the south side of Chicago. And it just looks, you know, I hate to use the term, like, it it looks grittier. And it definitely like just the urban landscape is a a lot more believable as Detroit. So I'm not having those constant moments of like, that's Paramount Ranch. That's Spawn. Like I'm not like constantly thinking about like, that's Green Mountain. Like Mm -hmm, um, I only mm -hmm. have one moment where I recognize the building my dentist's office is in. Um, But generally, I just think it looks so much better. It sounds amazing. Mark Esham is doing the score for these episodes. And he's doing a, a pretty cool theme and score that's combining the twang of bluegrass, which would be from the original show, but also Raylan's Kentucky roots with like a kind of Detroit grunge. So there's a nice musical sound to it that I like a lot. It's been a soundtrack heavy, like they're clearly they have the clearance, they have the money to spring for some big needle drops. Um, So I'm really liking just the production value, like it looks and sounds great. And then we have the added bonus that Timothy Oliphant is really doing something so far interesting with the character.
1: Well I'm glad you, I'm glad you're overall very positive on it. Uh I had a great time with these two episodes as well. I thought it's just a it's a breezy show. Uh it's it's fun even as people are doing terrible things, you know, in the show. <laughs> um but it brings back Raylan Givens and you're right, he is a little bit different. He's dealing with a daughter now. He's trying to balance his familial uh tasks with also the stuff that he has to do for his job. Uh but it 's a lot of fun I mean I mean we 'll talk about it momentarily, but they introduce what seems to be a big bad for the season, right yeah. and it seems like we 're going to spend a lot of the season watching Raylan Givens going up against um, this guy who seems pretty evil and uh, and I think they're they 're well matched I think you know i'm i 'm excited to see this uh conflict unfold
0: they They both seem like loose cannons. It, I had a moment of that um <laughs> onion headline of like entire precinct made up of loose cannons there was the moment where Raylan and Clement Mansell played by Boyd Holbrook finally meet. I was like, Oh, it's an entire precinct made of loose cannons.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by the way, it's, it's also funny. You were talking about, you kept track of how many people Raylan Givens shot. Like the first episode of the, the original show justified, he, uh, he shoots someone in Miami mm-hmm. and he claims that it was a justified killing. And that's kind of what gives the show its title. Uh, but then, Throughout the rest of the show, he like shoots and kills many people and so many and and it's like none of those other shootings or killings are given nearly as much weight as um the Miami thing, and that was hilarious to me because that's actually the Miami shooting is mentioned in these first two episodes, yeah, go I ahead.
0: have to imagine that if a federal law enforcement officer murdered somebody. I don't care what the reasoning is. If a federal law enforcement officer murdered somebody in broad daylight in front of dozens, maybe a hundred witnesses, people would talk about it for the rest of your life.
1: Well, that's fair. That's fair. I just, uh, I I agree with that. But I'm just saying he also has killed lots of other people that were also, that were also witnessed. That's all, that's my point. Um, And it's just funny that they give that one more weight because that's the one that kicked off the series. Um, Yeah, But you're right. There were more there were more uh, witnesses and it was a relatively high profile shooting. So, yeah. Um, But anyway, I I had a great time with the first two episodes. I think it's very, very promising. Um, I'm kind of curious, Sarah, what the structure of the show is going to be like. I don't feel like I have a good sense of it, even from the first two episodes. um we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to when we get to the detailed recap but i'm i'm kind of like what what is each episode going to consist of do you know what i mean <laughs> i thought i knew what it would be after the first episode i'm like oh it's going to be kind of like a procedural plus uh raylin and the big bad go up against each other for a little bit but then with episode two i'm like okay now i'm really confused i i i literally have no idea what episode three is going to be like so i'm very curious uh kind of how they structure it. but so far I feel in very good hands, and I'm really enjoying Justified City Primeval. Same. So before we get to the detailed recap, I want to mention a couple other things. I mean, first of all, uh, just to reiterate, Sarah and I are going to be recapping every episode. There's going to be eight episodes total. This podcast episode will cover the first two episodes, and then we'll be covering the episodes weekly thereafter. You should expect to get the episode on your podcast feed one to two days after the episode airs. Hopefully, We try to get it within 24 hours, but, you know, we might not always be able to hit that. But we're going to try. Um, but but that's, uh, that's what you can look forward to. And I'm really psyched to dive into this with Sarah. Let's get into uh, episode one. now. Now, again, even before we talk about the plot, Sarah, I am really curious. You know, there is no justified title slash opening credit sequence in justified city primeval I,
0: I found myself missing the gangsta grass theme mm-hmm, song from the mm-hmm. original series but it also yeah. would not have fit because this is not about Raylan returning home he's a fish out of water in detroit yeah. Yeah. and one thing that i do find interesting especially in this first episode now clement later mentions the miami shooting so Raylan's reputation kind of rebounding on him but these detroit cops that he's dealing with the lawyers the judges nobody knows him you know so mm-hmm. it's kind of like there's uh this really kind of awful detroit detective who is like we'll show you how it's done and they're so over the top like they want to bash the door in and let a <laughs> dog eat a guy and like just horrible things and Raylan's like chill out we'll just open the door yeah. <laughs> like It's it's okay um So there's immediately kind of this dynamic of nobody really knows him. It seems like his reputation maybe has cooled in the years. Like maybe if you go asking like Clement did, you're going to find the Miami shooting. Maybe you'll hear some other stuff. But generally, it kind of seems like his reputation has calmed down. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're dealing with a a pretty different Raylan. And as much as I missed the opening credit sequence, I was also like, it doesn't really fit what the vibe of this show is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We should also point out, and I I think you discussed this a little bit in the preview episode, right? That like um, the the am I remembering correctly? City Primeval, Raylan was not the protagonist, right? Right. They took they took a different character who's referenced in episode two, uh, Mm Cruz, the the character of Cruz, and they basically gave Raylan Givens Cruz's plotline. Uh, from the book, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. they're like, hey, we could, adjust, we could adapt the City Primeval story, but put Raylan Givens into it. So he's a fish out of water in more ways than one, Sarah. He is, yeah. not only is Raylan Givens in Detroit, but it's also Raylan Givens in another character's plot line. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so the episode opens. We, uh, we start with Raylan and, and Willa, his daughter, who is played by real-life Timothy Oliphant daughter of uh, Vivian Oliphant. On the way to take Willa to summer camp slash child jail, question mark, Raylan picks up a Detroit fugitive. He and Willa end up in the Motor City where Raylan gets pulled in to investigate an attempt on a judge's life. After apprehending the perpetrator of that crime in comical fashion, he ends up investigating the judge's murder instead. So uh, we just summarized about 50 minutes of plot in a few sentences right there, but let's dive into this whole sequence and, and tease out a few of the things that happened here. The first thing to ask, obviously, is what did you think of Vivian oliphant as Willa Sarah during these episodes?
0: She truly hasn't been given a ton to do, mm-hmm. um. So I, she's not distracting. She's not <laughs> uh-huh. making things worse as yes. an actor or a character. But neither yeah. Vivian as an actor nor Willa as a character have gotten a lot to do yet. So I, you know, I'm kind of like jury's still out. Like we'll see. But again, she's not blowing it. So.
1: My hope, Sarah, is that, uh, is that Willa is given more to do than be in danger. <laughs> you know what See I mean? The- like, the, the, that's, the da- that's the danger of the character is, is this somebody whose life is constantly going to be in jeopardy for, the, for plot purposes or are they actually going to con- contribute something, right?
0: Yeah, and I think I mentioned in the preview episode, I'm not a super big fan of saddling characters with kids, which is partly personal. I don't find kids inherently interesting. And secondly... <laughs> Too often in film and television, children exist solely to imperil adults. Mm -hmm. And the kids are not allowed to make interesting or intelligent or clever decisions because they must always be doing the stupidest thing to advance some plot point. Willa doesn't, really do that i mean she blatantly disregards her father's directives in the second episode but like she's 15 they kind of establish she's a little bit rebellious you know like um she's kind of she seems like she's kind of in a phase where she's deliberately like provoking her parents which would suit a teenager fine um but i do i did have that thought of like please just Let her be – it's one thing if they actively decide, which I kind of got the vibe from these first episodes, that Willa is maybe – she's not as tough as she thinks she is. She's not as street smart as she thinks she is. That girl thought Clement Manziel was a federal marshal. She did – he's a walking red flag. Like, I literally was like, Raylan, have you not introduced her to any other marshals that she would think that guy is a marshal? Mm -hmm. Like, where is her radar for this stuff? I would have also thought (laughs) Raylan
1: would have had some rule, like, if it's not me, don't go with them, you know, like, some kind of thing, yeah.
0: I I grew up, I have a friend whose father was in the FBI, and he was just, like, an accountant. Like, he wasn't even, like, a scary person. Mm -hmm. But they had a whole routine of, like, we have a code word. If they don't have the code word, don't go away with them. And, like, she's, I was truly, like, how how sheltered is Willa? Like, I have big-time questions about what Winona and Raylan are doing that this child seems to have no radar for danger. Um, she's growing up in Florida. She should have developed some radar. She appears to have none. And then I have a, a lot of questions about the summer camp slash child jail situation. Um, I was like, "Where is that? What? How much trouble is she in?" Right.
1: She she apparently broke <laughs> some girl's nose uh, in a fight, and... and she does
0: kind of play that it was justified card.
1: Yes, absolutely. And they're saying, you know, I, th- I think it's like, yeah, one of those places where, you know, you. Uh, uh, you go to this camp in the middle of the woods and you learn how to be a better person kind of deal. So,
0: um, sketchy. But yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> sketchy. What do you yeah. mean?
0: Those, uh, outward bound type things. Almost always. Like, there's so many exposés of how many of them are just right. terrible. Right. Borderline abusive situations for the kids. I was like, Raylan, take her to summer camp, like normal summer camp.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's this whole plot about, uh, You know Keith David, who plays a judge, right? And they try to uh, blow up his car, uh, which he thankfully avoids because he uses an app to start his car, and then discovers that it has been rigged with a bomb. Um, But one of the things I really love about these two episodes that I feel really captures Justified, Sarah, is how you are introduced to all these characters. Oh, Keith David, the judge, and the the defense lawyer for the person who tried to carjack Raylan and so on. And then you find out that they're all connect, like you find out all their connections and you learn all their backstories and how they're all connected to each other. And, and um it felt very justified to me that we learned like, Oh, the defense lawyer is going to be a major character in the show. You know, she, you <laughs> think, Oh, at first I thought maybe we just see, you know, Anjana Ellis for one scene, Uh, uh Anjana Ellis Taylor uh, for one scene, but nope, uh, she's going to be a, a through through line character. So I love, uh, that part of these first two episodes. Uh, and it felt very classic justified to me. what did you think of that, Sarah?
0: Yeah, it did have that feeling of there's a world here of criminals and everyone who sort of orbits that criminal underworld from the lawyers and the judges to the bit players. Um, and you do feel like you're walking into this pre-existing web. So just as the Detroit cops and people don't know Raylan, the criminals don't know him either. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of get a read that there are people underestimating him, and, you're mm-hmm. like, and knowing the character, you're just like, oh, don't, don't push Raylan's buttons. <laughs> like you don't know the volcano of anger you're about to unleash. <laughs> right. right. Um,
1: so, oh, you know. Sorry. Go ahead. Finish what you're saying.
0: Oh no, it, it's just it does have that feeling that there is something larger at play. Like you referenced Cruz, who's the protagonist of the novel. Here, he is a retired detective. There's a a flashback in episode two that goes back to 2017 that establishes um, that character and the detective Victor Williams, who is played by, uh, no, that's not right. His name is.
1: Wendell Robinson. Wendell Robinson Robinson, played by Victor Williams. That's right. That's right.
0: Um, And they were partners back in 2017 and they encountered Clement Mansell and, uh, Carolyn Wilder, who's played by Angelou Ellis Taylor, is Clement's lawyer. In that, there's a bartender played by Vonnie Curtis Hall named Sweetie, who's tied up in all of this. Like, there's this whole network of these cops, this lawyer, these, you know, Sweetie, the bartender, and Clement Mansell. They all know each other. They've all been through something previously, and now it's all kicking back up again, um, which does feel very justified. Which is that feeling of like a hornet's nest yes. has been tipped over, and Raylan yes. is walking into the melee.
1: Yeah um any thoughts on this whole judge storyline and how it played out like it starts with uh they're trying to get the guy who blew up the judge's car and then you know of course uh the judge's murder occurs later on the minute but,
0: i saw that it was keith david i was like damn he's gonna die <laughs> like,
1: why do you know why do you I not just, think keith david is gonna be a main character
0: because he's just like a that guy like he's a classic that guy character actor mm-hmm. So yeah. I was like, he's, the judge is going to eat it. Like It's going to happen in the first half. I thought he would make it longer than one episode, but I was like, he's definitely going to die. Um, he was also like clearly crooked. Like the minute he pulled out his little notebook, it was like, ooh, my notebook. I'm like, okay, you're dirty. So this is going to yeah. have something to do with you being crooked. Um but I really enjoyed the character. And I thought it was an interesting contrast because in Justified, Stephen Root had a recurring character as Judge Reardon, mm-hmm. who was kind of like a Cowboys type judge who really loved Raylan and all of his crap that he did. And this judge has no patience for Raylan. <laughs> so I just like the contrast of like, again his reputation does not precede him. They are not impressed with the routine, the cowboy hat. This like, none of that is going over well. <laughs> so I enjoyed the, cowboy, the contrast.
1: The cowboy hat is like pretty, I don't know if it's technically, cow- is it technically cowboy hat? Whatever the hat is. Um, I think it's, it's a
0: Stetson. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's, it's pretty, uh, I have to say it's pretty uh, conspicuous, you know, episode two, he's tailing uh, Sandy, I think. And it's like, Ooh, like, yeah, uh, <laughs> Probably wouldn't want to wear the hat. That's pretty recognizable, you know? Yeah. Um, You know, something we talked about in the preview episode as well, Sarah, is what this show's perspective would be on law enforcement. I think you captured it pretty well, that like Raylan Givens has calmed down quite a bit. He's not like wild and crazy person anymore. And we get a stark contrast with the the Detroit detectives or Detroit SWAT people who are... um,
0: Pretty aggressive. Pretty pretty
1: aggressive. Like, they, they basically torture that, that suspect for information with the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, he, they break that guy's nose. And Raylan is meant to stand in contract to that. I didn't love how those moments were kind of played for laughs. You know what I mean? Like... It's like you're gonna want to get this on TikTok, you know? Oh, like we broke the guy's nose. That's how we do things around here, you know? And it's kind of meant to be like, hee hee, like those guys are out of control. You know, I didn't, I didn't love that part of it, but yeah.
0: Well, I think it's a little bit of contrast that one way to make Raylan seem less worse is that the cops around him right, are exactly. worse than him. whereas in yeah. Kentucky, he worked with two deputies. I mean, Tim Gutterson had an anger problem. He probably killed at least one person a slightly extra judicially there was there was one incident but rachel brooks was like a total by the book boss um and now he's with these cops who are are somehow more cowboy than he is um so that's one thing i think it was a little bit to sort of show like Raylan's actually not the worst one Um, but there is also a little bit with the first run of justified because there were 13 episodes Um, because they did have a fairly big world to play in over six seasons, we got all these very colorful recurring characters like Dewey Crow. um, Really, Dewey Crow (laughs) is the one. (laughs) But there was this common strain of kind of like goofy, uh, like criminals, like low level criminals. Yeah, yeah. And I think that scene in the first episode was supposed to be one of those kind of like classic justified moments where the, Criminals a little bit, you know, uh, bumbling,
1: bumbling, bumbling
0: yes, and yeah. hapless. And, yeah. and, uh, and yeah, it, it's combined with like pretty super aggressive policing. And it does play for a little bit of humor and it's kind of like, i not really that funny guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very, that also, that part of it is also very old school justified, I would say. So, um, and then of course the episode ends with the, uh, the ju- judge's murder. Um, Keith David's murder and his his assistant's murder. And um, I got to say, very well done sequence, very brutal. Uh, the idea that a kind of road rage incident would lead to you getting killed, I think, is really uh, particularly uh, sadly relevant in America today. We've actually seen a lot of people, you know, do very minor things in car, like very um, innocent minor things in cars that have gotten killed in recent days. I feel like I've read about it in the news a lot. Uh, yeah. And it's a very sort of gut wrenching, suspenseful sequence of to finding out like whether or not the judge and his assistant are going to get murdered. Uh, what do you think of that whole sequence, Sarah?
0: I, I thought it was very well done, and I do like that this whole thing hinges on essentially a coincidence.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Um, that if if the judge Alvin Guy played by Keith David, if he had not flipped him off, flipped off Clement, if he yeah. hadn't. You know, if he just gone his own way and sort of let it go, none of that happens. Um, So I I like that it really was just this like random intersection of two people. And then Clement gets that little brown notebook. And that's clearly going to be a big deal. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that the judge's assistant was a CI for the Detroit detectives. And they were investigating the judge. So now there's a world of secrets. There's something bigger happening that they've all just bumbled into. And one thing I did notice throughout these two episodes is that the news, we see some Detroit news on in the background. And the way that people are talking about this double homicide, they're talking about the judge and they're really downplaying his assistant. And yeah, Raylan like is she's the un, one.
1: She's unidentified. In, yeah.
0: Right. Because she's a yeah. nobody. I mean, you know, yeah. she's a nobody. And maybe um, they want
1: to keep her name out of the news because she's a CI. Too.
0: Maybe. Yeah. But I also kind of noticed Raylan was the one who was always like appending her. Whenever they would come up, he'd be like, and his assistant. Like mm-hmm. a couple of times he notably sort of brings her up um, as he, he's. I would not be surprised if we find out in a coming episode that Raylan is more upset about her being murdered than the judge.
1: Mm-hmm. Because
0: he has that sense of justice that kind of plays by its own rules.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, All right. Uh, So that's kind of the Raylan Willis stuff for episode one. Let's talk about Clement Mansell and Sandy. Clement Mansell, played by Boyd Holbrook, is in Detroit to shake down the Albanian, a high roller at a casino. His partner is Sandy, played by Adelaide Clemens. And Clem has connections uh, to a local bartender, Sweetie. Sorry, Sandy has connections to a local bartender named Sweetie who's played by Vondi Curtis Hall. While trying to pursue the Albanian, (laughs) Clem ends up in a road rage incident with a judge, killing him and his assistant, Rose, who's played by Ray Gray. All right. So Clement Mansell, I have to say, pretty great introduction for uh, the Clement Mansell character. He is introduced basically stealing someone's car at a gas station. Then he drives to a casino and he throws the car keys away. This guy comes off very much like Joker to me. Like he's... (laughs) Does not care about whether you live or die, and uh, he's just trying to have some fun. Uh, but it's as a result is kind of terrifying. What did you think of Boyd Holbrook as Clement Mansell this episode, Sarah?
0: Well, he's pretty good. I mean, there's no big monologues like you get with Boyd. Um, nobody is Boy- really Boyd Crowder. Boyd Crowder. Boyd Crowder. No, yeah. nobody is really delivering those yeah. epic, yeah, long <laughs> blocks of dialogue with all the colorful language that Boyd Crowder did. But he is pretty scary. I saw some sort of because the the episodes premiered on television last night and then on streaming today. And so last night I did see a little bit of like, oh, he's not that scary. And and I'm like, I mean, he killed a lot of people like for basically nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? like, yeah. like, like there Boyd was never scary. Boyd was interesting and yeah. smart and and. Still talking about Boyd
1: Crowder at this point. Boyd
0: Crowder. It's confusing because there's Boyd Holbrook, the actor, and Boyd Crowder, the character. But Boyd Crowder was a good nemesis for Raylan because they were about of equal intelligence and they could really get into the cat and mouse. Whereas Clement Manzel is, like you said, he is kind of a Joker character where there just doesn't really seem to be a reason for the things that he does beyond that's what he feels he's going to do in the moment. Right. And... That is scary. Like legitimately, yeah. this is a character that you're like, I don't know what he's going to do next. Every moment feels dangerous because he could kill somebody.
1: I'm a big fan of Boyd Holbrook as are you we're we're both Boyd Holbrook stands here on the podcast, but I, I know a lot there's a lot of negativity against him I've seen. Um but that's not gonna come from us, at least no. not until this character jumps a shark. Uh, So any other thoughts about the Clement Mansell and Sandy plotline in this episode? Um, At least,
0: Well, I think Sandy is pretty intriguing, too, because there's a little bit of a question of like, how involved is she? I mean, she's clearly like in it with Clement. They're planning to shake down this high roller together. But then it's like, how capable is she on her own? Um, There's a question later about like, is she in over her head or is this where she wants to be? How in control is she really? Doesn't seem like a lot, but she also doesn't seem as stupid. As Clement thinks she is, like Clement clearly kind of thinks she's just a patsy.
1: Hmm. I hmm, that's interesting. I don't know that I I got the sense that she's a that he thinks she's a patsy. But I my sense of Sandy is she has some street smarts. Like
0: uh,
1: she handles she's
0: definitely more than Willa,
1: right? She handles the <laughs> detectives visiting her with like some amount of skill. You know, um, yeah. in my opinion. But uh, I I agree. She's not. I would not say she is super cunning you know so. she
0: made a rookie mistake she stepped on the rim of the toilet to like reach up to the ceiling in a public restroom the minute she put her feet on that i was like girl you are in high heels stand on the tank so how much shady stuff has she really been up to if she hasn't learned the stand on the tank method um sorry but- i have a lot of
1: questions about how many times <laughs> you've had to stand on the tank a, I mean, you only need to do it
0: once in your life to know stand on the tank mm-hmm, <laughs> um mm-hmm. but she she does seem to be somewhere like i don't think she's as hard or as bad as clement but she's in this world she's involved with him in a shady way yeah. she's part it, of his scheme
1: she she at the least knows that he has probably killed people is my sense and, and she knows and she's definitely. okay with it she's yeah. okay with it yeah so. Um,
0: but she also seems to be spiraling a little bit. She's smoking a lot of pot. I did love um, Vondi Curtis Hall has a lot. Of, it's like, you know, this is legal, right? You can just go buy it. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, um, she's insisting on getting her drugs from a former drug dealer. And it's like, it's legal now. Um, but she is smoking a lot of pot. She says it's for stress. And it's like, if that is true, she is very stressed based on her consumption.
1: All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, Carolyn Wilder. Carolyn Wilder, played by Ingenue Ellis Taylor. She's a Detroit defense attorney uh, with a shitty ex who has apparently defrauded her and their community. Uh, And also she has some connection to Sweetie, the bartender. She challenges Raylan's uh, I'll put you in the trunk crap from, you know, the, the carjacker who confronts him. Proving once again that Raylan is a terrible liability in court. She and Raylan have a flirty moment, but that's totally ruined by Willa being a punk and buying a very flashy drink for her. Uh, so yeah. Any thoughts on the Carolyn Wilder, sweetie storyline? Like, you know, any thoughts on where this might be going?
0: I mean, clearly there's a history, like there's a connection. Um, would not be fine. Surprised to find out yeah. if there, if there's like a family link.
1: Right. right. Um, and we, we learned that uh, sweetie, AKA Marcus did watch out for her. Like that's I think the words the yeah. phrase she uses like I can't I can never repay you for like looking out for me for all those years so like Sweetie he, clearly took care of her in some capacity
0: and and he's the connection between her and Clement because it's Sweetie that introduces her in 2017 it's Sweetie mm-hmm. who sends her to defend Clement um and so they're they're all connected but I also think like I just really like Anjenu Ellis Taylor she's one of she's just a very good actor she has a great presence she's and she's getting to play she is like her screen presence is very sexy and when I first saw her was on The Mentalist which was just a CBS procedural that was built around Simon Baker so she was very much a side character but I really noticed her in that because I'm like oh she's too cool for this she's too cool to play the fuddy-duddy boss and now she's getting to play this like sexy shady criminal defense lawyer and i'm like this is what she should be doing with her time so i'm really excited to see where she takes the character and that she and Raylan already have a little bit of a flirty vibe and it's like Raylan, please don't like at least get the case closed first <laughs> like, please don't ruin another case with an ill-advised affair
1: <laughs> fair enough Fair enough. Uh, it it does seem like that might happen. Like the show puts in some hints that that might happen, but I don't know that there's going to be a romance between the two of them. We'll see. We'll see. Um, they're certainly both very attractive humans. So there's vibes,
0: uh, and it could just yeah. be vibes because they are also both kind of predators, and they're like sensing each other in uh-huh. the wild of like like recognizes like, and. I was a little bit reminded of Boone, the character that Jonathan Tucker played in the final season of Justified, mm-hmm. who fancies himself this gunslinger type, and he keeps trying to have this like epic rivalry with Raylan, and Raylan keeps blowing him off. And it's because Boone was all flash, no substance. And Raylan knew that. Raylan knew ultimately, as as off-the-chain wild card as Boone could be, Raylan kind of knew that from the moment he saw him, like that guy's not really it like he's playing a part whereas with carolyn it's like no she's it like she has read your cards she knows who you are like the way she treats him in court i was like yes somebody finally calling him on the trunk thing because that's always played for laughs and it's it -hmm. is exactly the kind of thing that would get a case tossed out of court
1: right right yeah all right well Sarah, any other thoughts on episode one of Justified City Primeval, entitled City Primeval? I want to just shout out um, uh, Marin Ireland. Uh, yeah. Is, uh, the plays one. A car- yeah, not
0: ahead. insane Detroit cop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Marin Ireland <laughs> plays a, a Detroit cop uh, named Maureen. And uh, you people might know Marin Ireland from Sneaky Pete. You know if you've seen Sneaky Pete, she's in that prominent role in that movie or that show, I should say. Uh, and so I, I like seeing her here. She seems like a cool character that we'll hopefully get to know more over the course of the season.
0: Well, she was uh, involved with a judge's assistant, so yeah. like, there's a connection she, there. Yeah, that-
1: she, she like helped deploy her as a CI, is my understanding.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I liked uh, the you know the the whole sequence where they apprehend. Like the the, the idea is that basically. Uh Keith David who plays the judge character has uh he plays Judge Alvin Guy I think is how mm-hmm. you pronounce it or is it gee guy anyway guy. uh he has sentenced a suspect to like the maximum uh sentence possible uh and even despite that that suspect's mom still really wanted to sleep with him so he slept with her and then the suspect got really pissed and felt like uh he had dishonored their family which probably has some undertones there uh well, and there was
0: definitely know, a prominent confederate flag moment yeah, going yeah. into that house so there's yeah. undertones for sure
1: <laughs> but then you get to see him taken down in brutal fashion and i, I thought that was all like other than the police brutality part i thought that was all very funny like with Raylan's negotiating with him behind the door that's like classic justified stuff i really like that so yeah um any other shout outs from from episode one uh, uh sarah before we move on to episode two
0: um, some pretty good needle drops. Mm, yeah. um, there was a very prominent Seven Nation Army, the White Stripes, of course, being a Detroit band. And then there was Good to Your Earhole from Funkadelic, also known as George Clinton, and the Parliament Funkadelic, also a Detroit group. So again, they clearly had some more money for the song budget. Mm, yeah, they, They've got some, episode two has even more.
1: Yeah. Well, those are a few thoughts on Justified City Primeval, episode one, City Primeval. Let's move on and talk about uh, Justified City of Primeval episode two entitled The Oklahoma Wildman. Uh, Let's just dive right into it because we already gave our overall thoughts earlier of the episode. So a few plot lines. Uh, Raylan and Willa. While Raylan and Detective Wendell Robinson, who's played by Victor Williams, investigate the double homicide, Willa roams free range in Detroit, where she knows uh, she shows that she knows how to handle knockoff items being sold on the street. Later, she encounters Clement Mansell, and then Willa ends up seeing her father's temper in action. Uh, Sarah, you and I already talked about this. Like, I think her being able to identify knockoffs is meant to show she's a little bit street smart. But then
0: she's, she's even- a little bit. She's got some awareness but i just
1: it's immediately undercut by the scene later on with clement mansell how
0: did she not see that like yeah i truly that man is a walking red flag everything about him is like danger will robinson and the fact that she believed for even a second i really kind of thought they were going to sort of play a moment where it's clear that like no she knows he's not a marshal and she knows she's in danger Mm -hmm. and she was stalling for her dad to get there but no, it seems like she really thought that he knew Raylan as a fellow marshal. And it's like, girl, have you met no other marshals? <laughs> like, what is happening? Um, but she is just 15. I want to cut her a break. But I also kind of feel like Raylan and Winona are not silly people. I feel like they probably would have given her a little bit more of like, marshals don't look like that. <laughs>
1: yeah i i agree it, it it strains belief a little bit the thing that really i mean there's an amazing scene at the end of the episode when Raylan finds clement in uh the i guess hotel restaurant first of all i liked how the whole clement stuff played out right mm-hmm. because clement he later explains he had to like hit up three different hotels to try to find Raylan's hotel he goes to the front desk he's like i'm looking for my friend Raylan givens now at a hotel they would never tell you what the room of the person is but what they can do is connect you to that person's phone yeah and so that's what he did they call up the phone and then you know clement's talking into the phone and theoretically convinces will to come downstairs uh and when Raylan gets there you can tell he is seething with rage and he ch- tells Willa, like hey get up like stand up just walk away from the table and she's not listening to him you know and because she's like a rebellious teenage daughter and i felt like oh I-, I would be pissed off too if i was railing givens in this and- situation
0: hesitation in that moment is yeah. believable because she does think she's tougher than she is And she does also seem to be, uh, we need to see a little bit more of her. We don't get a ton of Willa. She's kind of peppered in, but she seems to be, I, my assumption after two episodes is Willa is a daddy's girl who has hit her teens. And it is kind of testing boundaries and doing the things that teens do. But underneath that is a girl who loves her father. And, some of her posturing seems to be of an an imitation of what she's seen Raylan do. Um, And also I think she's never been in serious trouble and she's never been in real danger. So she can get away with this moment of not listening to him and not just immediately getting up and going away from the table when he tells her to. But now that she has seen that danger and seen that side of her father she should have some warning signs logged in her memory bank. Right,
1: like if if dad gives me that look, GTFO, theoretically, if, if right? If dad
0: goes for his gun <laughs> like that, if he gets that look yes. on his face.
1: Yeah, GTFO. You know, yeah,
0: so if she does this again, that's when we're entering the territory of they're making this child make stupid decisions just to advance the plot. Please find a better way to move your plot than just putting all of it on stupid children. Let the children be, it's okay if they're inexperienced and naive, they're kids, but they should be constantly learning from these experiences. So if we've established that she's a little bit naive and not quite as with it as she seems like, yeah, she can handle the knockoff dealer, but she cannot handle Clint, like Clement Menzel. Um,
1: you know what I just thought of, by the way? Did you see Avatar The Way of Water? Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a plot line with a child of that character mm-hmm. who makes a terrible decision
0: mm-hmm.
1: earlier on the movie and then later on makes the same decision mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, not not a tra- huge fan with, of that movie
1: with tragic <laughs> results anyway mm-hmm. it just reminded you that that's exactly what you just said we don't want to have happen is children making dumb decisions and not learning
0: it's but, just you know, a very easy out for the writing to be like well there's a kid yeah. the kid can yeah, do this i kid. call them horror movie children because in horror movies kids are constantly endangering everybody around yeah. them because they never learn anything and it's like no having been a kid who got up to some stuff you learn like <laughs> It is a constant learning curve. You are a velociraptor. You are testing the fences. You are constantly learning. And I need Willa to have learned from this moment. We will see.
1: Uh, All right. Let's talk about what happens with uh, Carolyn Wilder and Sweetie in this episode. So the episode actually opens with a flashback to 2017. And we see Sweetie betray uh, his fellow drug dealers to Clement Menzel, who murders all of them, including his own crew. Uh, then we learn that Carolyn got Clement off the hook for multiple homicides. In the present day, he's threatening her once again to engage her services. Uh, and we also uh, see that Carolyn seems to have a pass with Sweetie. So a few thoughts on, on this part of the episode, Sarah. First of all, I thought the first, the opening with flashback to 2017 and the robbery was masterful genre filmmaking. Oh, Just like was, really, really great sequence, I thought.
0: Yeah, and Justified would do that. They would have these great moments of these standoffs or these confrontations that would just be tense and ripe and very like nervy and very well done and yet in the middle of it you know the dialogue so far through two episodes hasn't necessarily snapped the way the first original series did but Mm -hmm. there is a great moment in that flashback where they talk about reggae. Yes. And it was just one of those asides. Where I'm like, that's classic, justified. We're in the right, middle of yeah. this tense moment. They have like an offhand conversation about something else entirely. Right. But like you if you speed up, attention. if you speed
1: up reggae, if you speed up reggae, it sounds like polka. That's what he said. Right. Which so. I
0: think is maybe true because of yeah. the the times. Yeah.
1: Like, the, time, time the time. signature. signature. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but um, yeah. No, I love that sequence, and I also really like like insight into Clement. And we were saying earlier, like he seems like kind of a Joker character the reason he killed his partners was he was just like, I didn't want to split the money three ways. Like that's yeah. it. Like that, yeah. that's a character. The little bit I've seen of people kind of being like, he doesn't seem that dangerous. And I am like, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. like, he just doesn't have loyalty to anything. He doesn't seem to believe in anything. He doesn't hold anything dear. It's like, how do you, Boyd always had something to lose. He mm-hmm. had his dreams, he had Ava, he always had something to lose. He had Raylan's respect. I mean, part of Boyd's devolution through the series was as Raylan sort of makes very clear that he holds no respect or affection for Boyd. Boyd goes further and further off the deep end. And none of that's gonna work on Clement Menzel. Like, how do you how do you reckon like this this is going to have to end in Raylan killing him? Like there's not gonna be a a neat like we're gonna arrest him and he's gonna go to jail finally right oh like this is the kind of character that you cannot leave alive
1: well uh, we later learn also that he he got off from the murders in a technicality is my understanding um
0: yeah carolyn seems to be a very good lawyer
1: yeah 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 yeah. um a few other thoughts on this whole this whole plot line i mean uh, yeah the the opening sequence is terrifying and and you know, the, the close-up of the record and um, Sweetie's colleagues realizing that he's betrayed them. The one guy who's left alive even after being gunned down. Like, it's all just really well done. I feel well like done. we're going
0: to meet that guy. Yeah. I feel I, like they wouldn't have specifically said he got shot twice at point-blank rage and survived. I'm like, that guy's going to come back.
1: I agree. I will tell you that I did get pretty confused, Sarah, when it's it, it started. First of all... um. Is it just me or does this TV show use on-screen text and graphics way more than justified?
0: Oh, wait, wait, wait. I don't way. I
1: don't remember there being so much on-screen text, right? Aggressively
0: like, huge. Yeah,
1: font. Like, aggressively <laughs> huge font. It's very large. I like I, I, hey, I like a bold font, Sarah. Okay, like I, if you're gonna put fonts on, you might as well have them be large and in my face. So I'm a fan of it. But yeah. uh it's a 2017, and then it said three days later. And then you see Clement Mansell with Sandy in a hotel, and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Is it three days after?" I, I literally it's, wrote down my notes, "Oh, we're back to present day again." No, and it's three about to days after yeah, the murders. It's murder. three days after the murders. Yeah, no, I, yes. I get it, but I just, I did get a little bit confused because I was like, "It was because he's because he's with Sandy, and the last time you saw him was with Sandy as well." Um yeah. So it wouldn't be surprising that uh, Clement would be about to be apprehended for killing the judge from last episode, right?
0: Right, and yeah. it's also it's a it's a narrow. Flashback 2023 to 2017, or whatever the present day of, of right. City Primeval is, it seems to be relatively contemporary. And yeah. I did look up yeah. the timeline of the original series, which ended in 2015. Yeah, so it
1: ended eight years ago, yeah.
0: But really, the series only took like three years. So mm-hmm. in justified time, it was like 2013-ish. Like I of- see, And so we are kind of closer to that 15-year gap, and obviously Raylan's hair has gone completely gray. Timothy Olyphant, Silver Fox is here. Um, but the, the flashback with Sandy and Clement is confusing because they just look the same.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. And one thing
0: that's they right. could have done is Clement has these swallows tattooed on his chest. Uh-huh. And when I realized that the three days later was still in the bounds of that. Yeah, they could have had him not have the like, tattoos. I was like, yeah. he needed to not have the tattoos. He needed to be Ugh. clean shaven. He needed his right. hair done differently. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he
1: looked, he, they didn't change his appearance at all. That was, it He didn't change odd. his
0: appearance at all. And Sandy yeah. probably, I actually kind of thought like she was.
1: They also didn't change her appearance too, by the yeah, way. Yeah. I'm going like, to say that this and
0: it's going to sound judgy. I don't mean it judgy. I, I'm just using a, a shorthand. She looked sure. a little trashy. Uh And I'm like, Sandy probably should have looked maybe either worse than when we meet her in the present day Uh and the idea that somehow her association with Clement has actually amazingly brought her up in the world or she should have looked more clean cut and he's brought her down in the world, Mm -hmm. but she just looks the same. It's the body con dress. She's just wearing the same type of clothes. Yeah, She's doing exactly. the same hair and makeup. And I'm like, no, we, we need to see a contrast of has knowing him in some way improved her lot in life or has right. it ruined her lot in life? But they just look the same.
1: I think we'll get probably get more uh, Clement Sandy backstories, my guess. Um, but you know, we'll but see. I wouldn't
0: care if we didn't hmm i they don't need an elaborate I kinda, I, backstory I
1: kinda, yeah i'd be interested to know like how she got mixed up with him a little bit more you know i'd, I'd like to learn about that so see but, and that's yeah. where
0: i feel like if we saw that that flashback and sandy looked different if it whether it was better yeah, or worse exactly. if she looked yeah, different i would be asking questions of like okay well what happened to you but right. you're looking the same i'm like oh you're just this girl this is yeah, who yeah, you yeah. are
1: missed opportunity to do some storytelling with just costumes and hair yeah. you know hair makeup they could have they could have done it so yeah yeah
0: but i also um, feel like like joker clement mansell doesn't really need i mean he's from oklahoma i've spent a lot of time in oklahoma he got out by any means necessary and i don't blame him um so i don't need the backstory of clement mansell <laughs>
1: So let's talk about Clement Mansell and Sandy. What happens this episode? Clement sends uh, Sandy to dump the gun from the double homicide, but instead she hides it at Sweetie's. Later, uh, Raylan and Wendell confront Sandy at the casino and explain that her life is about to get a lot more stressful. We also see Raylan and Wendell uh, try to go get the gun from Sweetie's, but then he calls in Carolyn um, and is able to prevent a unlawful search.
0: And don't you just feel that if they had just, if Sweetie had just said, yes, you have my permission to go look, there's going to be so much chaos and carnage. And we're going to look back at this moment and go, sweetie, if you had just let them go look, none of these people would be dead.
1: Wow. <laughs> that's a Profound thought, Sarah. And actually, <laughs> pro- probably very true. I want to say a few things about this whole, whole plot line, the, the Clement and Sandy storyline, right? First of all, as I mentioned earlier, I liked how Sandy handles herself with the, with the officers. She didn't do a perfect job. Right. She could have definitely done it better, but like she knew like, oh, I need to pretend to be six and get these people out of out of here as quickly as possible. She knew to hide uh, Clement in the back room. Like she knew about like a lot of she knew like how to conduct herself in a lot of different ways. But uh, also kind of like kind of a, you know, uh, I was going to say a bit of a coincidence because they're looking for the car that was cited at the judge's murder. And it's the car that Clement Mansell borrowed. Not really a coincidence, because like wherever she was, they would have figured out where the car was. But I, I I thought that was a again classic justified where Raylan's kind of interacting with someone and they both have different sets of information about what's going on. Um felt like a very classified, justified sequence. Uh what else about this whole scene? So then Sandy goes to dump the gun and then decides not to. And I like how the show explains that decision to you uh one of the characters i think wendell says maybe she like changed her math and i Raylan guess i'm says curious that Raylan yeah, says Raylan, maybe yes. she
0: just did the math and yeah. realized that she's got leverage on clement
1: yeah i was gonna say like that that was your conclusion as well as like hey this gun might be useful to me at some it's point her it's her
0: insurance policy
1: right, right although the fact that sweetie is aware that it might be in the bar might remove that from from him but yeah yeah and as for your final point about uh so much bloodshed could be pre- prevented i mean I sense that there is some loyalty question mark, um, something between sweetie and Clement, right? What do you, what do is, you think?
0: Is it loyalty or just fear? Yeah. Every fear, time, he's
1: a hostage of Clement. Every right? time
0: Clement rolls up, sweetie does not seem excited to see him. There's right. not that moment. Like he has with Carolyn where it's like, there's clear there's a connection. There's a history yeah, of past yeah. with Clement. It's always threatening. And that's why you cast Boyd Holbrook because he projects menace. <laughs> Um, and it's also the, the needle drops, um, which in this episode, they have two big ones with, with Clement, which are Time Has Come Today by the Chambers Brothers, and I Can't Get It Right by the Fabulous Peps, another Detroit group. They're really leaning on Detroit, Motown, and soul. Um, but both of those songs are playing when Clement is kind of up to no good in Sweetie's general vicinity. And the feeling that I get, through two episodes and maybe this will be wrong, but it it does seem to be that he is just a cancerous force in people's lives. That Mm -hmm. the minute he infects your life, everything is immediately worse. I don't really think there's a lot of loyalty to Clement. I think Sweetie's afraid of him. And he's, he is currently, and so is Sandy more afraid of Clement than Raylan.
1: Uh, Fair enough. Although he might not be doing the calculation correct on that, but yeah, I agree agree that that that's the thing about they don't
0: know him in Detroit in Kentucky everywhere Raylan went everybody knew him and they knew the temper the givens history they, they knew that stuff about him so everywhere he went there was always this feeling of people know who they're dealing with. They're careful with Raylan in a way that they are not in Detroit. And so it's going to be fun when that, when that Kentucky shit kicker finally comes out.
1: (laughs) On that note, uh, Raylan and Wendell—they're kind of partners in whatever they're doing for this show, and uh, I think it's a fun dynamic. I, you know, Wendell is like—he's a world-weary dude, and uh, but they seem to have a great working relationship. There seems to be very little friction there. He calls
0: Raylan think? Slim,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> like right off go. the bat, right? Yeah,
0: I—I yeah. like Wendell. I hope he doesn't die. Every time I've ever liked. <laughs> A cop. Like I was thinking about Tom Bergen, this the Kentucky State Police officer in the first series, and mm-hmm. nothing good happened to Tom. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope nothing bad happens to Wendell because his most of his coworkers are total psychopaths. Not so much Maureen, played by Marin Ireland, um, but Wendell and Maureen seem to be the only normal ones. Everyone else probably not great. Shouldn't be a cop. Probably a lot of bad apples. Um, but I really like their dynamic of. They they're both kind of at or nearish retirement age. They both seem like they've been in the game long enough, and they fall into this rapport kind of immediately because they both understand the job in a similar way. Like Wendell seems pretty laid back; he doesn't seem as wound as tight as Raylan, but what we're walking into that hornet's nest that got tipped over that's Wendell's business that was his case in 2017 mm. so it's like he's a little bit in the Raylan position in this time like of being the one who's who's directly connected to these characters in this previous case mm, yeah. and Raylan is the the sort of um, out of context fish out of water type person walking into it all but yet they're both they both seem like they're kind of on the same page in terms of how they're approaching the job. Like when Raylan says, do you want to be good cop? And Wendell's just like, I'm too tired for that.
1: Yeah, They're, they're both
0: yeah. too tired for it.
1: I like uh, the interaction they have with Sandy where they ask, you know, they say, Hey, is the car in good condition? And she's like, Oh, I might've gotten an offender better. And he's like, Oh, what what's, you know, what side yeah. is it? And you can tell there's like, it's a very like confrontational interaction that they're it's it's all about what's not being said in that scene and i really enjoyed that um that they they both kind of snap into interrogator mode and they know how to play the role really well um so i really enjoyed that dynamic um few other things worth mentioning right about this episode i am curious if cruz is gonna be a character in the show or if that was kind of like a one a one-off like hey shout out to cruz I, uh, I think
0: he's probably going to because Wendell says he was. Oh, it's my cat. She's coming. You might hear pancake,
1: uh, Sarah's cat on 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 the on the
0: mic. But go ahead. Um, he says specifically he was a cop a little too long, and there seems to be an implication that he might have been involved in something not great that ended his career. Yeah, There's a little bit of a feeling of like, mm, something happened.
1: Um, it, it would be weird to have cast an actor for Cruz, given him this backstory and so on without yeah. having, like without coming back to him at some point. And, and so, he
0: has a moment in that flashback when they arrest Clement Mansell right. and they put him in the cop car for a moment. It's just him and Cruz and they have a little exchange and it's like, Oh no, what does Cruz know? Mm. Is he tied into this? Cause these Detroit cops don't seem to be, the greatest. <laughs> like, <laughs> and we're already in the present day, we're dealing with a crooked judge who Well, well might, said.
1: Well said, Sarah. Is
0: either <laughs> taking bribes, like whatever's in his notebooks and code, is he taking bribes or is he keeping tabs cuz he does mm-hmm. say I know things your bosses wouldn't want revealed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "All right, there's something big happening." So I do think we're going to see Cruz again in the future.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh any other thoughts on this episode, anything else you want to call out, Sarah?
0: Um, they have Sweetie and Carolyn. Another, I always keep track of the justified references. Yeah, because they name check a lot of movies, books, TV shows, like just uh, literary references, things. And they have one here where they they name check Carolyn and Sweetie reference Apophis, the Egyptian god of chaos. And they're talking about that character in context of Clement Mansell, but Apophis would work for Raylan too. I mean. It's and again it's just a thing and can you moment. reiterate
1: can you reiterate for those who might not remember can you reiterate how it would work
0: Um you mean that reference or
1: Yeah yeah the reference
0: It's uh, he's the serpent god of chaos who fights Ra the sun god and he's the demon of the underworld in the Egyptian pantheon. He's a pretty bad dude. <laughs> and not uh-huh. he's not a, he's not a Loki or a Quetzalcoatl trickster character where it's like yeah. oh but he's kind of fun and sometimes he's right. Right. Apophis Shows up and wrecks your shit. Um, Mm -hmm. So when the minute they brought him up, I was like, Oh yeah. So Clement Manziel is really going to do a lot of damage. (laughs) Um, But also Raylan can get that way. Like Raylan can ruin people's days. Like he can ruin, he can, you know, there was a moment where Carolyn tells Raylan, don't talk to my client. Don't harass my client. Stay away from my client. Yeah. After Clement kind of moves in on Willa and makes a tacit threat there i kind of need carolyn to be like and you stay away from him <laughs> like i need oil and water to remain separate
1: right right um yeah. it, it does seem like both carolyn and sweetie have a bond from being terrorized from Cle- by clement you know yeah and and i think that'll play itself out throughout the season as well mm-hmm. I, I, i'm kind of curious about all the speaking roles in the first two episodes, right. Of which there are a massive quantity. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm just, I'll throw out a couple of examples. Uh, You reference in the notes, Sarah, Sandy's boss. Like why is Sandy's boss a character? Is Sandy's boss at the the casino going to be a character, you know? Uh, well, And
0: that's, um, he's played by, uh, I want to say Ravi Patel who is not an unknown actor. Like, he's a recognizable face. And again, like you were saying with Cruz, it's like you wouldn't cast, like, a real actor in this role if there's not going to be something for them to do. And he is paying attention. In, In episode two, Sandy's boss at the casino is noticing Raylan and Wendell interrogating Sandy you know, like I right. I feel that he is going to make a fatal mistake and thrust himself into whatever business Sandy's in. And it's like, my dude, you do not want a piece of Clement Manziel. I'm already on the, don't stay away from Clement Manziel. Don't get into that. If you see him walk the other direction, uh-huh. like, I, but I feel like he's going to sort of do something along those lines. Cause justified is often about people grabbing for the brass ring at any cost by any means necessary and karma just coming down on them so hard
1: indeed indeed uh wendell's boss is also speaking role fire crawl correctly um you know there's a couple other characters
0: well i got a little confused there is that wendell's boss or is that the chief deputy of detroit yeah sure he has a conversation with Raylan about the, staying and working the case.
1: Yeah. The, the guy's name is Lou. Uh, and he like assigns Wendell to work with him. So you're right. Not Wendell's boss. You're right. So I, I think it, it's whatever the, chief the case, deputy. yeah, chief deputy of Detroit. Um, but I'm curious if Lou's going to be, uh, a character of some kind. Mm, we'll see.
0: I don't know yeah. I, that. I kind of got the feeling of like, because art was a main character in yeah. the original series that they kind of feel like, well, people who've seen justified know how it works. There's a chief deputy and then there's, the deputy marshals like Raylan. So I feel like we kind of had to meet him. And they have that conversation that happens at the beginning of the original justified where Raylan's like, Dan would never. And they're like, Dan can't wait to get you out of Miami. Dan (laughs) hates you. (laughs) I have this whole backstory in my mind where Raylan thinks he and Dan, the chief deputy of Miami are like super good friends. And Dan just cannot stand Raylan. (laughs)
1: Yeah. The other thing I wanted to, um, mention about the first two episodes i t- I talked about this a little bit earlier is like what is the show going to be right like when we saw the first episode i thought oh there's going to be a procedural aspect where he takes down the judges guy but then there's this longer clement mansell through line and that's going to be part of every episode but then the second episode is just the clement mansell storyline kind of playing itself out and so i'm like what is what are the rest of the sh- episodes going to be you know are they going to have like um What's the A-plot and the B-plot going to be? I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I don't know if you have any guesses, Sarah, but... It, uh, yeah. it
0: feels to me sort of like... Because the original series' seasons were 13 episodes. And the first half was pretty much set up. And there would be these sort of like... Especially after season one, where the first half really is case of the week procedural. But typically, you would have these sort of... Um, like one-off episodes where maybe Raylan goes and has an adventure with somebody outside the deputy's office, like Jackie Nevada. Like you'd meet some interesting character or side character who never comes back again. Um, and then you would hit the back half of the season, the B episodes, and it would just be full momentum downhill toward the conclusion. Based on these first two episodes and everything is linked together, like the judge, Clement Mandel, it's all the same thing. It's not separate. I'm like, this is just like the back half of a justified season where it's just going to be full momentum to the conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. And there's not going to be other cases or like that moment where Raylan goes and has like a weird side adventure. Like none of that. It's just going to be this to the end.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, And especially because there's not that many episodes, you know? Uh, there's like only six left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, All right, Sarah, I think you had some thoughts about kind of uh the r-rated nature of these two episodes right
0: oh yeah well i mean in noticing that it looks more cinematic it just looks like a more expensive show and it has way better um soundtrack than the first season the first series did yeah the first episode has a full nudity sex scene f-bombs the second episode has pretty racy moments and i only bring it up like i don't care but I bring it up because it's a basic cable show, like it airs on FX, and then it's re airing on Hulu the next day. And I I only have Hulu, I'm not seeing the television broadcast. And I was wondering, like, are they cutting any of this? Are they bleeping it? Like, what of what I'm seeing on streaming is showing on television? And is it just... Because is it just the times are different? Like we're further down the time than we were before. I mean, we just had Asteroid City, which is rated PG-13 and has full frontal nudity in it. Um, So maybe things are just more lax now. But I was a little bit surprised because I'm like, There this is on TV, though. Like, how are they doing all this? Or are they not? And it's only in the streaming version.
1: Well, uh, I also watched the Hulu version. I do have YouTube TV as well. I could have watched that, but I didn't want to deal with fast forwarding past commercials. I do think that the the envelope has been pushed, you know, more on basic cable more and more these days. So it wouldn't surprise me if it aired in I mean, the Sons same way. Sons of Anarchy. The yeah.
0: Sons of Anarchy had some fairly graphic sex scenes. I think there were some butts. There was. I'm trying to remember. I didn't watch that whole whole show, but. So it's, it definitely could just be a function of like, we're just, it's 2023, things are more relaxed and that's fine. Again, like it doesn't bother me. I just noted it because I was like, this is the sex in justified was always implied. Right. Like it was, right. and this is real, like it, well, yeah. not real, but it's like, it's on screen. <laughs> it's, like, it's
1: graphic. It's, it is graphic.
0: Yeah, we're not so. coming in after the moment. It's like, this is yeah. the moment yeah. Um, yeah and getting away with the F-bombs, which I think again is probably just, things are just different now than they were eight years ago.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but it is kind of a noticeable and it does sort of go to the feeling of it being a little bit more cinematic as it feels a little bit more grown up.
1: Indeed. Any other closing thoughts on the first two episodes of justified city primeval Sarah Mars?
0: I don't think so. I'm just excited to see where it goes and God, I hope we'll learn a lesson.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I had a a fun time with the show and I'm looking forward to seeing how it unfolds. Um, But yeah, it really does feel like we're already like, we're already Really going at the story at yeah. the at the whole Mansell story. There's no like build-up. It's like they're already they, he's already beat the crap out of him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like the, that's already that, already there.
0: I was surprised that came at the end of season episode two because I was like, it, it would usually like, be
1: like at the you know the penultimate episode of a series, or something
0: or it like would that. be yeah. like episode six or seven of thirteen, and that's right. the moment when I was like, no, this is just gonna play like the back half of a standard where it's yeah. just all the momentum is re- barreling toward that conclusion. Um, and again, I just feel that everyone's really going to regret not letting Raylan and Wendell search that bar.
1: Sarah Morris, where can people find more of your work on the Internet this week?
0: Um, you can find it on com. My film reviews are on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I'm on various social medias. I'm at Cinesnark on whatever platform. It's all a mess.
1: All right. <laughs> well said. You can find uh, more of Decoding TV, obviously, at podcast.decodingtv.com. Email us. Let us know what you thought of the show. We'd love to hear and re- read your comments on the air. DecodingTV at gmail.com or comment at decodingtv.com as well. And of course, uh, we'd appreciate anyone who can support us five paid subscription at decodingtv.com. It does help to keep this podcast going. Next week, we'll be back with another recap of the next episode of Justified City Primeval right here on Decoding TV. She is Sarah Morris. I'm David Chen. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.